welcome, welcome everybody to the Love and Thunder podcast episode number five. five. I'm your co-host Dave Lipson. And I'm the other co-host, Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet. Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet. Uh, today right. we have a killer awesome podcast for you guys. We're going to talk about rep ranges for maximal result. We're going to talk about protein intake and we're going to talk about how to find the right Mate. romantic life partner. Uh, but before we do that, I just want to take a second to thank our sponsors, Born Primitive, awesome, killer athleisure wear. If you guys have ever seen me hitting my leg days in my Born Primitive jorts, yes. they're awesome, they're epic, they're flexible, they show everything. But also just enough. Just enough. Yes. And Cammy likes it. Yeah. Um, we also have Nutrex Research, the finest supplements on earth. If you're looking to maximize your sports performance, do better in the gym and outside the gym, Check out Nutrax with some killer, killer products. And now as well, Cured Nutrition, they have some really, really cool marijuana products. Yes, and, and they seeded mushroom a, stuff. They seeded us some. my favorite. Um, and we're going to, I mean, the great way to kick off the podcast, I guess, is to just start by doing some drugs. So let's do some of these. So I'm going to take these. They're called the Cured Nightcaps. They're CBD, CBN, and THC. So if you look... How many milligrams of THC in a pill? 1.6. So for those of you guys out there, the THC is the fun stuff. It's the and psychoactive they ship stuff. ship across states. So ship if you're in a state that they don't have that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, They're so the smart. They're able to find their ways around some of the legality and issues. I and hate the... Um, living in Florida, like we don't have our marijuana Yeah, I hate the here. synthetic things like... That Delta 8 synthetic yeah, marijuana? That's, yeah, that's that no good. This gives is, me bad feeling. This is really good, pure stuff, yes. but they do such a fantastic job. I mean, the, the brand is really yes. impressive. Lastly, best sleeping mattress out there. Go check out Performance Sleep. Oh, that's right. That's going to yes. be good because we're taking our nighttime Use code caps. Camille for everything. So and you're going to get some discount. So I'm not sure the percentage on everything, <laughs> but just use Camille for everything. Use Camille for everything. Um, so the owner, Joe, of Cured, I was talking to him about sleep, and he was like, oh, I got you, bro. And he's like, you know, obviously the mad scientist behind this stuff. So these, Joe is amazing. He's these, like the nicest guy ever, and he's so like... These nightcaps have CBD, CBN, and THC, um, and 1.6 milligrams of THC. So do some math. I got five pills, so how much THC is that? I don't know. Under but, 10. Let's start talking about red scheme. But, so our first... Uh, uh, hold on a second. I got, you got to take your show. Um, I will. So he said, these ones are really good for help getting you to sleep. But then he I'm also, only taking one. They gave, just took he like gave me six. these ones. So these are like. Um, this oh, has, the Zen is with the mushroom. I'm yes, all about this mushroom. is mushrooms. And he said that these, because it's got like all kinds of stuff. It's got like chamomile and different types of mushroom, ashwagandha. Chamomile is not a mushroom, by the way. Okay, know, but it's, it, it's helps, it helps um, calm you down. But it, this is supposed to help you stay in deep sleep. So he said take three of these. Or, I know he one. said take three? Take three of these. Okay. And look at me. I'm washing it down with kombucha. I know. We're so healthy right now. Super crunchy. Boulder, Boulder Colorado style. Yes. Um, okay, good. Now that we're all drugged up, let's start talking about some cool stuff like rep schemes i feel like everybody has their own camp of yes what you know what is the most optimal yes. rep scheme for maximal results you can't get results you won't get stronger that way you won't go bigger yeah. that way and and the truth is we know this there's so many ways to skin a cat there's no yeah i just feel like um in the world of a of a fitness and wellness like nutrition and training it's almost like everyone wants to be in this uh 
in this camp where I feel special in my little circle. So they, they like go out and find data that support their methodology. And instead of like opening their mind and understanding that a lot of methodology can get you the results and it will give you much better results. Did you notice that the people who are like really big advocates for a certain rep scheme, it's also happens to be the rep scheme that they really like to train yes, themselves exactly. and happen to be really good at. Like, they're comfortable funny enough, there. Oh, oh wow, the powerlifters don't lift, like yes. to lift more than three reps? That's shocking, right? Yes. Or the endurance athletes yes. only think they're going they long, go long and ultra and... high rep, right? But that's what I'm saying. I feel like people instead of like putting their head down doing the work and like trying everything they they just want so badly to stay in in the circle that they're in because like that supports like what makes them feel good like but seems ev- to be a little bit ego driven but a everything purpose, yes right? exactly so that's what we want to go over with you guys and, and there's a context too because like we're going to talk mm-hmm. about all different types of rep, rep ranges how they should be done with regard to loading and rest periods and and what they're specifically good for and where there yes. may be some holes within that specific type of method. So let's start like let's start really low and go high. So let's talk about like low rep ranges. When we're talking about low rep ranges, we're talking about one, three, maybe even like a five rep max um, mm-hmm. with with heavy load. So heavy meaning like eighty percent of your one rep max yes. or above. Usually people are getting close to like 90 or even 95 in the, in the yes. two or, or one rep max range. So when you, when we talk about like reps to just like give like a general context, low normally goes with high um, weight and high reps goes with low weight. It's, it's, only, it's only intuitive. It just right? makes because sense. To get intensity, like you're not going to get intensity out of doing uh, low reps with really light weight or yes. lighter submaximal weight unless you're doing it like for something like speed, speed right? Yes. But but either way, whether it's really heavy or really fast, the benefit of this method is really just like central nervous system development yes. of, of training the brain to communicate better with the body in terms of inter and intramuscular coordination mm-hmm. to be able to fire motor units really hard and synchronize them really well and the rate of, of force development, all that stuff, which is primarily like a neurological function. Yes. So when we talk about low because the low and high is the I'm getting a little high. I'm a little high right now. The, the low rep high weight has its place when we're really trying to develop that top end strength and that nervous system. And because like it, it does tax the central nervous system so much, yes. usually the rest periods have to be a little bit longer yes. because it takes a while for your central nervous system mm-hmm. to recover. Sometimes even a five to one ratio with the work against the yes. against the rest. So typically you'll see rest periods of really no less than like two minutes, three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go longer than that, sometimes the athlete starts to actually cool down yes. a little bit too much. But you don't want so, the muscle to cool down because then you can put yourself in a position of getting injuries. So, you know, here's the benefit, right? You, you, you can become wickedly strong at, at specifically at understanding how to get the most out of your body. Um, yes. So really good for that. Not so great, shockingly, for surprisingly, for like muscle hypertrophy, yes. for muscle growth, and probably because just like Not the volume isn't there. Tension, yeah, yes. um, and and um, it, great for bone density, like yes. loading loading the axial skeleton. But obviously, um, one of the biggest downfalls. Yeah, because of this most method, people think like, that if I go low rep, uh, low rep, super high load, 
in their head they put it together like directly with hypertrophy but not necessarily the best way heavy doesn't always equal bigger but you know from a standpoint i mean you will put more muscle on but it might not be the most effective way why would an athlete want to train this way always well it for one and the biggest one that i've seen as a coach is just injury it's a higher risk method right because at the littlest misstep Mm -hmm. getting out of position a little too fast a little too heavy could be disastrous so you really want because you have to push that red line and and when you go for like a, a one to three rep max that's kind of when you start to go to the heavy and ugly type yep. of place uh, because you're really pushing the margin of like what your body can do and when you get so close to that failure well the weakest links start to fall apart and it's good for a test to know yes. like where you're at but you athletes should use it sparingly and, mm-hmm. and if you're a power athlete if you're someone like uh, someone in strength sport powerlifting, olympic yeah. lifting if you're a power athlete like football or even a sprinter in track like you do need to touch this stuff to really get the benefit of developing yeah. your central nervous system, but it's not going to be the only way that you're going to train, yes. um, because obviously, like you know, it, it has its upsides, but also its downsides. As an athlete who's getting older, I really got to spread that out, and I know if I do that, I I gotta just you know cross my fingers and hope for the best because it's a little bit of a Russian yeah, kind we, of game. Yeah, we we really don't do that anymore, but it, it is very fun. <laughs> so let's now move up and go to like yes. medium moderate rep ranges. So for athletes yes. out there, this is like probably reps that are traditional hypertrophy reps rep schemes, usually the eight to 12 rep mark. This is what um, you see the most in the bodybuilding world. You go into any decent bodybuilding gym and most people are gonna be spending the majority of their time in those eight to 12 yes. rep ranges. And there's a Typically, reason why. It's gonna be around maybe 70-ish percent, yep. maybe even 80% at the top end of their like one rep max strength. Although a lot of those people never even test their one rep yes. max. Yes. Um, but like, let's talk a little bit about the benefit of, of why an athlete would wanna train like this and, and where the potential downsides are. Well, eight to 12 is a great place where you're able to have enough time under tension to build that, that hypertrophy. And we're also able to go to enough of the weight that we can like start building um, that muscle. You can also still develop strength this way. You're still loading yes. yourself. It's not gonna develop the central nervous system the same way top end lifting mm-hmm. will, it, it, whether it's for, like I said, for speed or for maximal load. Um, but you will still develop strength. And I think if you're an athlete out there who's a power athlete, what you're seeing is a lot of them spend actually a lot of time in this range, but mm-hmm. they still touch those one and three rep maxes yes. somewhat frequently, you know, uh, two times a week maybe mm-hmm. with, with some of their compound lifts. Um, you know, this is a really interesting because, you know, you look at this and it's kind of like middle ground and it's hard to even poke a hole in what, what's the downside here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think from the standpoint of, of orthopedic safety, probably safe, safer mm-hmm. than, than uh, top end heavy, heavy loading, um, maybe not quite as orthopedically safe of somebody who's like coming off of an injury. Mm-hmm. Like you might have to actually go a little higher up and lighter weight to do that more safely. But I, I think the benefit here is for most people looking to build a lot of muscle, this is kind of like home base. Yeah, I think this is a home base exactly for that. If your focus is to build musculature, this is great. You're not going to burn like your, your calorie is going to be kind of in the middle ground. Like I wouldn't call this like a um a depletion work where we're like really pulling thing out of your muscle but we're yeah we're just 
this the, the is it is it good? <laughs> the drug's good. Yeah. All right, awesome. She's it's I working. All right, I gotta like give it. Joe a message. Yes, the drugs the, are working the well. The cure is working. Um, you know, rest periods here, like any anywhere, usually from like ninety <laughs> seconds to two minutes. It doesn't take the same amount of time for the central nervous system. But you know, one thing that we've learned as athletes is even if you are training this rep scheme. It's not the same kind of maximal lifting every set because there actually is quite a bit of volume. So like if yes. you're doing five sets of eight reps, not every set is going to be an eight rep max, but it gives you the opportunity to kind of build up and maybe mm -hmm. hit like an eight rep yep. top set once or twice within a given exercise yes. series where those top sets between eight and 12 are, are really what, where the strength is being you're developed. You're still going to take your muscle to failure here. Yep. It's just going to be after multiple sets and a lot more overall reps. And if you look at the intensity against the volume, obviously with more reps and more volume, you're not gonna be able to preserve the same amount of intensity as if you're doing three sets of three reps yes. as hard as you could. Yes. Um, and now let's bring it to like, and this is a fun one for me because I, this this rep scheme completely changed the game for me with all the injuries. That High reps, low weight. High reps, low weight. This is the thing. And people think like, oh, if it's light, I can't grow muscle. But mm. that's like completely, completely false. false huh? So when we're talking about high reps, we're talking about 15 reps plus, but really anywhere from 15 to 100. Yes. And any kind of resistance from like, you know, lighter, 60, 50, 40%, even down to things like, like bands, like band resistance. Um, I mean, you can do uh, like body weight with the adding plyometric. There's just so many ways to do this. And the goal is just always to bring your muscle to failure. That's where people get it wrong. They think if it's light, it, it has to be easy. And really with all these, these methods we're talking about, the common catalyst with regard to results is that you're bringing yourself close to failure yeah. consistently. Yes. Whether that be with a lightweight or, or a heavyweight, yes. it doesn't matter because your body, it just wants to stay comfortable. Mm -hmm. So you have to challenge it to do things you don't want to do. This feels a lot different though, because this is like the burn pain cave city. Yeah, we, um, we make people do this in our seminar and every time they come to us and go, why am I sweating so much? We're doing lifting. And this is one of the nice thing about this is that it really push your whole metabolic uh, system up because so, you're like starting to burn so much calorie because your heart rate is insanely elevated when let, we do this. Let's talk about the physiology, like what's happening in the muscle when let's you're lifting for really high reps and lightweight and bringing it close to failure. So one, you're pushing a lot of blood into the muscle, but mm -hmm. when the work continues, that that blood doesn't really have an opportunity to flush out quite so much so you create metabolic stress all that is mm -hmm. is like inter and intracellular swelling of the fluid the byproducts of muscle contraction hydrogen and lactate yep. building up the muscle as your muscle or contracting makes it feel like it's burning yep. right because that stuff can't can't escape and uh, and that's why the rest periods for these are usually generally shorter because yep. we want to truncate those rest periods so you don't come to a full recovery so there's almost a compounding stress yes between sets. Speaking of pump, that's exactly what's happening when all the Schwarzenegger is talking about within the, pump. the yeah. muscle that's working. You're getting that cellular swelling protein enzymatic responses of the muscle really, really anabolic. So yes, you can totally build muscle mm -hmm. with light weights, but it's gonna really suck and it's gonna really hurt. Yeah. Now here's here are some benefits, okay? The muscle growth, that's a potential benefit. Yes. Muscle stamina, because you're asking fibers to continue to contract, that's another one. Here's something a lot of people don't talk about. It's really regenerative. Yes. Uh, if you have an injury and the healing factors in your body are in the blood, the best thing to do is to try to push blood into that area 
to get fresh healing factors in there, to flush stuff out even. So it can be really beneficial. And if you're coming off of injury, usually the thing you're not supposed to do is lift heavy. Yeah. So when I came off of back surgery, I was doing, you know, 40% of my one rep max in lifts, but there was so much volume and so much compounding stress that I was able to put on a lot of muscle and get it back without actually having to load myself quite so heavy. And that's how we formulated that 90 day get huge program with our eight by eight by eight system, which is eight sets of eight reps uh, done with all with three second negatives. So like a lot of time under tension, but only 30 seconds of rest. So like set one feels really easy. By the time you get to sets five, six, seven, and eight, you're like, I don't know if I can even lift this 40% weight anymore. That that's really how hard it needs to be. I don't think I'm recording, <laughs> but I'm filming on the phone. Oh no! Do you think we can take the audio out of the phone? And I, then... I don't know. Maybe we'll take the audio out of the phone. Let's finish. I, yeah. I saw a number counting down there. Me too. Okay. I just don't understand if I put it as somewhere else. Well, let's do this. Let's finish the podcast. Yes, and and then we'll we do can figure we can it out. Maybe this only airs on video on YouTube. On YouTube, okay. Unfortunately, really good information. We'll re-record this as well. It's um, okay. It's okay. It's filming on my phone, so we can. Okay, so now that we have no time constraints and we can just kind of go at our leisure, <laughs> talk a little bit about like um, what is what is the downside to high reps? Like, what are you not getting? Uh, you're not getting that top end strength. You're not getting the central nervous and the system. central yeah. nervous. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's it. So like, that's if, the if you're thing. a power athlete, you can totally train with ultra high reps, but you still need to touch those mm -hmm. lifts that are going to challenge I think the central it, nervous system. I think if you're like. Um, if you're someone that like performance specific is very important to you. It depends what type of performance too. Okay. You are completely right. If you're a sprinter. Stop. Can we just click that? <laughs> click the you're completely right. End of podcast. Game over. <laughs> yes. If you're a power lifter, weightlifter, sprinter, someone who has something very, very explosive as a like time frame for your sport, like if you only train this way, you're definitely going to miss out on like things that are very beneficial. For yeah. You. So you, you're really, but everyone should do everything. Cause yeah, and that's the thing is, is we were talking about this before, like even beyond like what you're training for, everyone has different mm -hmm. physiology and genetics and yes. muscle fiber types. Yes. Some people have a lot of fast twitch fibers. They're probably going to respond a lot better to lower rep ranges. Some people have a lot of more endurance, slow twitch fibers. They may respond more to, to higher rep ranges. So by casting a wide net, you're able to not miss anybody. So when yes. we program our programs, we give people a lot of variety. One, first and foremost, to keep them safe. Yes. And two, to make sure that they're getting enough different stimulus that no matter who you are, mm -hmm. there's going to be something in there that you're really going to respond to. Yes. And also, I mean, no matter what you're training for, all the fibers you have gets attacks in different way as you varied your training. And that includes the rep scheme and the load. And if you leave some fiber out, you're obviously not getting the full benefit of what your mus musculature can do. You know, this is like the CrossFit so, ad. Is so like you want to do the, it all. The yes. variety also creates like versatility. Yes. And, and that's what I like about like just traditional bodybuilding versus how we kind of meld things together is, you know, I believe that like the best looking guy should also be the most athletic guy. A hundred percent. Or girl. Or girl. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think the funny thing now is that... Um, like a lot of the training out there, it's almost like 
too focused on looking a certain way or performance itself and i feel like the health component gets really like put to the side when you because start mushing things together i think you just in just, general you, you stop missing things but i honestly wait, believe you, wait, you're gonna be healthy but like, you're gonna be healthier let me finish okay, go ahead. i'll give you the, you know, the <laughs> why did you cut me what i was gonna say is that someone could look like healthy and awesome or look strong and someone could like be like super performance and seem healthy that doesn't mean that they are healthy but someone who is like performant and health driven normally they look like that how often do we see guys that look like they're the world's strongest guys in, on the planet and yes. we're so shocked that like they're, they're not that strong yes or vice versa how often we see people who look like kind of wiry yes. average joes and all of a sudden you're like god damn that person yes. is really fucking strong yes and, and it's be i think it's because you know maybe the, the small guys if they're doing the right type of training and have the right physio uh, genetics they're they just understand how to use it better oh there's so much you know there's two ways to get stronger right have the right mind muscle connection, have like your nervous system and understanding like just that wiring between your brain and your muscle to move well and engage your muscle well. So using the equipment properly and the other way is building the equipment. And just training. So some people have the way. equipment but don't have uh, don't know how to use it. And other people don't have as much equipment but really know how to use it. That's what she says. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and training one way you know, it, it, it always has its, its downside to what it's missing. Yes. Right. So if you're out there and you really like training and you want to stay healthy mm -hmm. and you love doing this stuff, I really recommend leaning on variety yes. so that you don't end up creating patterns or creating this, the same type of stress to the point where either you start breaking down or plateauing. But really for me, breakdown is the thing I'm most afraid yeah. of because I really love to train. Yes, I think like something for me through my whole career that was the most eye-opening thing was how much strength I developed once I focused a little bit more on my endurance. Like I remember starting to work with Insha, I started to get stronger. And it was just because in the past, I really, I think, missed out on like true endurance training. Yep. Like I thought I was doing endurance and CrossFit, but it wasn't endurance. I was still in that like mid-range type of deal. All right, let's flip it with subject number two. Subject number two, protein. Protein and How much, what do you do? Tell me what to do. Start with like why why is protein important? Why do people need to know how much protein they're eating? What what are the what are the benefits of this macronutrient? Gosh, it's like the it's like your little guy that comes in <laughs> or girls or all of them um, that just come in and, and literally they, they like build everything. Like the nice thing about protein is that it's this molecule that is bipolar. So it can be positive and negative. So it's like so moody one day, yes. locks itself in the bedroom the next day. And then I would say it's more like a, it's like fluid. It's like it can be either one because if it, it's around something positive, then the negative side will attach to it and do something Okay, and so, vice versa. So the protein is there to like find those like positive and negative space attach it and then like neutralize you completely lost me but for the meatheads out there obviously 
you guys know, it really important for, for protein synthesis and, and building muscle. You know, for, for longevity, like breaks down protein the branch chain amino number acids. One. Those are the building blocks of muscles. Important for cognitive function. I might be wrong for that. Important, that important for brain development. <laughs> uh, important for bone density. Yes. You know, uh, cognitive important function. Important for avoiding things like anemia. Um, you know, obviously a lot of benefits here. Also, something that people don't always talk about is is how it affects the metabolic rate because it takes a lot more mm -hmm. energy for uh, your body to process protein, right? So it's got to work harder. So it's great for fat loss. Yes. It's great for increasing your metabolic rate. That's um, why we get the meat sweat. The meat sweats, exactly. The meat sweat. Or like work really hard people to, to process often, all that Yes, meat. people often when they increase their protein intake, this is a feedback we get all the time. They, they get hot. They're like, I don't know why I'm more hot. And it's, Kind of, it's kind of the body just having to work a little harder to break it down. So when people get protein, you know, typically we would recommend that they get it from uh, animal sources first, if they can, if they're not yes. vegan or they have access to it. And it's because these animal sources have the, the, the most complete panel of branched chain amino acids that are going to contain all of those BCAAs that, that their body needs to function and thrive. Mm -hmm. But obviously there's other forms like here, I got my isofit whey proteins. So this yes. is like a derivative of, of, of milk essentially. Um, but I, I like this for like, um, for late night snacks. If I don't want to fill my stomach up and get some good sleep, it's not too heavy of the gut. Uh, it, it's already broken down and it's yes. quick to absorb. So like, you know, when you're in that kind of anabolic window immediately mm -hmm. after a workout, if you take this with some carbohydrates, it is, you know, on the fast track to your muscles. And what you really want to see when, so here, this company is awesome because they really, um, this is Nutrex Research, Isofit, they break down uh, the amino acid profile in it. And what you really want to look at is the leucine. Make yep. sure that you get a protein with leucine. That's the one that has been shown to work the best. And the protein synthesis, the nutrient uptake. Um, the, yes. You know, this one is also like um, lactose free. So if you're out there and you're like me and yes. like the the lactose does not do well, what they call protein farts, much better, <laughs> much better with this, good flavors. Um, so, you know, obviously that's another way that you can get it, but how much? Yes, how much? Not how money. Much? Not money how much, how but much? you use the code guns out with Nutrax, you get 30% off. Or Camille. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, how much protein in, in a day should somebody be eating? Uh, yes. So I think, you know, between 0.7 to 3 gram per pound, depending on what you want to accomplish. So that is like Wait, super vague. So from 0.7 to 3 grams per pound of body weight. So if I'm a 200 pound male, I'd be eating 600 grams of protein. Now, actually, you've they seen... Depend what you want yeah, to accomplish, I've seen right? that before. I mean, that's very extreme. That is uh, extreme. But I've seen that. I think most people So are this probably... is like very vague, but for most people, we want about... Start them at one gram per yeah. pound. Yeah, the most people I see that we work with... And we're talking lean they're, body they're weight. They're not insane. They're not doing crazy drugs. Yes. They're, not, you know, they're, it's, they're usually in that 0.7 to maybe 1.5 range mm -hmm. per pound of body weight. And I think... As a guy, at least, you know, starting with a gram per pound is a super easy way, just mm -hmm. a baseline to yep. be like, am I getting enough protein? How would you know? Well, if you're not really, if you're eating the calories and you're not really building a muscle, you could bump it up. You yes. could go to 1.5 uh, or 1.25 yes. or if you, you know, you feel fine, but you're really bloated and it's too much protein, you can go down to 0.7. So you have some adjustability, but it's pretty moderate. 
in yes. terms of what we mostly recommend. And when you want to eat, you want to stay at about 25 gram of protein per meal. 25 gram, but that's got to be based on your body weight, right? Because if you're uh, most the, women would be there, otherwise you're not really going to process it. It's going to be too much. Because if I'm a guy and I'm heavier, obviously I have a higher daily protein requirement. Yes. And the only way I'm getting this is usually in my meals. So unless I'm eating a lot more meals, most Well, people, I don't know what that would be for you. But for someone like me, it's about 25. Yeah, or if you think meals. about like meal frequency, most people were usually recommending that, yeah, you get something in about every three to maybe four hours. So that usually yes. breaks down to like five to six meals per day. You just take your totally total daily number, divide it by the meals that you expect to eat, and all of a sudden you know how much protein you should have in each meal. I'm so, so sorry. You're so high, you can't, she's laughing hysterically. So let's do some math, okay? Let's do some math now that you're high, okay? So if, I, if I'm trying to get 250 grams of protein, and I mean five meals a day, how many grams in each meal? Go. 50. 50, look at you, ding, ding. It's what is 50? What is 50 grams? It has to be in the form of a question. This is not, this is Jeopardy. It's what is 50 grams? What is 50 well, depends what you're eating. I'll probably chicken and beef and a little bit of protein powder. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Oh gosh, this is going downhill. I know. It's not even recording, so I don't even know if we're just talking for the sake of talking or who knows. Maybe it, maybe it's recording. Fingers crossed. I okay, it. so the small ways that we can um, figure out if it's too much, because it can be too much for some people. We can follow like blood work. Well, the primary Check your organ kidney that you're really, function, you're really thinking about is and, and digestion, right? Yes. If, it, if you just like, if your digestion is turning to, to, to shit, Literally, literally, you know, literally. But poor, like not good digestion. Yes. Yeah, you, you might have to modify it, or the kidneys have to process all this protein if all of a sudden your urine is a different color and really smelly or really foamy. You know, that could indicate additional stress on your foamy. kidney. Foamy, like like bubbles. Like you ever seen you've never seen that's funny to you? Foamy. The word is it the word foamy? Bubbles. Bubbly? No, I just I just imagined it. Like a foamy urine. Foamy urine is like a thing. It's everywhere. Really? Yeah. yeah. You, I don't know if you maybe you don't look at the toilet, but like you go every guy's urinal, there's always foam in the urine. Oh, like it doesn't come out as foam. No, no, no. It, like... it comes out, but when it's like splashing, it gets foamy, right? <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, so yeah, you can look at your CK levels. Sometimes it's kind of determined, like you know what the, the and sometimes that's affected by your training volume. But it, yeah, the, the point is just pay attention. I mean, to that most stuff people who have a lot of muscle, their CK level are higher. I talked to Stan so efforting like, about this yeah. one, and because he knows, like, I'm always kind of like keeping an eye on my kidneys and. and and he said, you know, honestly, just like drink more water. It helps you process that stuff. Yeah. So you might have to increase your water. I mean, water too. is great for digestion. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So last subject, nothing to do with fitness. But also, I think it's we're all talking about like health here, right? And, yes. and this is part of your your health, not just in the gym, but in your daily life and at your home. Your heart health. Your heart health is, is like, you know, how to, <laughs> how to pick the right partner. How to pick the right lover. <laughs> yeah. like sound like that. Um, we're, so easy. We, we so easy. Are, Just pick one. <laughs> um, we're coming up on our 10-year wedding yes. anniversary, and we both had previous partners before and have friends that have been through multiple marriages and multiple boyfriends and girlfriends and, and also have heard a lot of 
the typical complaints of how it's so hard to find a guy or a girl or this and that. And, and Well, know, I think it is. I think we're lucky. Let's start with that. I don't think it's ever been easier to find a guy or a girl. You can just go on, on whatever, tic, TikTok it up, Tinder, go to Instagram, go to CrossFit. It's so easy to meet I mean, people. I don't know. I'm you just know? saying, like, I feel like we're lucky people that we People have never been more connected. Yeah, but, but uh, also disconnected. And, and you have to think about, like, well, there are so many people that are getting connected. Like, what are the, they're, they're probably... Are they looking at the wrong things? Because I think immediately, especially as a guy, when you are selecting a female mate <laughs> or partner, the first thing you probably look at is your physical attraction to that person, mm-hmm. right? Like, do, is she hot? Do I want to try to have sex with her? Mm-hmm. The, whatever. Tell me more. It is the strongest human emotion it is the powerful life-giving force that we call sexuality mm-hmm. and a lot of times it, you know the sexuality and emotion emotion and it's very repressed a lot of people they're not allowed to tell them how they feel this and that but i think that's honestly the first thing when it comes you're at the bar you're looking around who looks hot you know you're in the gym attraction and you, you see this that's one part of it and it's an important part but it's not the only part Definitely not. And I think that what I've learned with you is that when you can connect with somebody physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, and um, it, it just makes one, it makes the relationship so much better and more meaningful. And mm-hmm. I think if you consider those things when you're dating someone or talking to somebody is, is, is like, you know, maybe just try to focus on like, is this a person I would want to be alone with on like a 10 hour car ride stuck in, in, you know, behind the wheel? That's the person who's going to be a good partner for you. Not the one who's just like the hottest, right? Maybe in your case, you just want the hottest guy. You want. But <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's such a, a big question to find the, the, the right person because we, like just looking at me and you, I think why we're still together is because we've grown together. Because the me now would most likely not be with the you back then, and the you back then would, you know, might not have been with the me at another time in my life. If well, that think, makes sense. I think that's the spiritual part. Is, I think is the like fact that we're on so much on the same page with who we are spiritually, mm-hmm. no matter what happens or where we go, you know that I am with you. Yeah, and, well, we do. And, yeah, we push each other to grow. And I think that there is, I don't know, it's like sometimes like you grow ahead of me and then like I catch up and then I grow ahead of you and you catch up. But at, I think we keep growing together and that's why we're together. But I feel like there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with growing apart and then finding someone else at a point that like meets you in that path if that makes sense you go out to a bar and you get dressed up you yeah. put on your best outfit all your makeup i'm putting the wax in my hair and yeah. making sure I have boogers most of the time i do but everyone is hiding those other parts everyone's yeah. hiding those emotional spiritual yeah. and intellectual parts because that takes some vulnerability mm-hmm. to show that oh my god i think about this all the time like like playing the game of being like who who you think they want you to be yeah uh oh no way i like gosh 
I'm so sorry for everyone on the dating scene. That is not something. I don't want to date anybody. That, I mean, I like to date. You guys could hang but out I don't, with your daughter, but. I don't know. I think I'm, I don't think I'm, uh, I'm not there, so I can't say, but I don't think I would want to do that. There'd be that. And so, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think. I think maybe like the, the, maybe just being like very, I was me since the get go with you. Cammy's very authentic, okay? I think that's why I was immediately really uh, attracted to her as a person. Maybe that's I why to be I don't understand her how to do the Because other way. I'm the same way. There's no filter. I have, I'm honestly, mm -hmm. like, I have nothing to hide. I tell you everything. Yeah, I do marijuana. I take testosterone. I'm very honest with my feelings, and I'm not afraid to talk about mm -hmm. what I'm what my flaws are either. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I just don't care. I think life is too yeah. precious to spend time wasting your energy on that stuff. And I want to bring joy into the world. Mm -hmm. And for Cam, when I saw Cammy, that was like the first thing I noticed about her is like she sparkled, not like just physically sparkled, but like her spirit was sparkling. And I'm like, that's the person I want to be around. Right. That's that's my partner right there. Gets very excited when I like things. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know what so, that has to do. Yeah, do we find but a maybe the next time you're sw swiping right until you see something you like. Um, maybe just... I mean, I know for myself, and it might be because I'm with Tensic, I find people who don't hide who they are, that might be like quoted as a little bit weird, I find them very attractive. Yeah. Like, I want to get to know them. They are obviously so in line in some aspect of who they are, like they know who they are in some aspect and they just embrace it all the way without trying to go into um, a mold. And I've always been attracted to Why that. Why do you think people are, are, are so scared to like show who they really are? Oh, I think that most people grew up with some sort of like shame and guilt and you get like tamed down with the society to fit in a mold like so how do you how did you get over that because obviously you don't have that you show people exactly who you are um like i i i mean i could talk about think, me but i want to talk well, about you can't even know me yep i have a very rebellious side of you like, don't want to be told what to do exactly yeah especially from like like someone who doesn't know me like what is it about like People going out there and trying to tell other people what they want them to do. Like, that's insane to me. Why control other people? Just, like, support them to shine in their own way. I've, I've never liked that for as long as I can remember. Well, I'll, I, I'll tell you. I would me. never do anything. Like, I was always a good kid. Like, a very good kid. Like, always coming from, a, like, a, a place of kindness and love. Just wanted to help and somehow it's like everyone wants to put you in a box yeah and I didn't fit that box because I was um you know I, I was thriving in sport I wanted to be good at school I was just like doing so many things that I never fit it in a box like it never and for me it was like why can't I be everything why can't I? So I feel like once I like started to train and all of that, it was still that freaking box of a girl should be skinny, a girl should be weak, a girl should be this. And I just felt like very, that like, like triggers so many string inside my heart that I like, just thought I would at, become that girl. If you look at athletes like CrossFit girls, do you think there's the opposite of that going on? Where like all of them are taught to be like, 
you know, strong is beautiful and you're going to be a tough, a tough mm -hmm. girl. And do you think there are girls that are like afraid to be girly girls who are afraid to be well, unquote, like basic bitches, like who, who are in that like competitive athlete realm? Oh, I'm sure. Okay. I mean, I'm sure because it's just, it just seemed like, like where you end up, everyone wants you to, to look and act like everyone else. Like it doesn't matter what circle you're in, but I feel like people wants to like always kind of class those circle and it, it feels yeah. good for people to have um, uh, predictability. Is that the word? It well, feels good for people to be able, you go in this box, you go in this box, you go in this box. I know what I have. And when you're out, it's like... I think most people are insecure. But I think when it's out, it's beautiful. I, I think most people are insecure. And when you're mm. growing up, they want you to fit in a box to fit their insecurities. To oh, give them sense. a sense of validation that they're what the way they are is right. Like they, they want to see they want, it, yeah. your flaws, and, so they and feel better about them. And if you're not that way, then then you get shamed for it, or you're mm. not that, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I'm telling you this, like I know we're talking about relationships, but I think this is true in so many aspects of life. I would rather fail miserably, same, being exactly same. who I am, <laughs> than succeed wildly Ugh. being somebody that I'm not. Ew. Because to me, that Ew. just feels like control. Yes. And it feels like fucking control. And I do, you and See, I both, we don't want people to try to control no. us. And, and you don't want me to control you. And I don't want I you to control me. And so we have to accept who we are about each other. But I think when we're yeah. talking about how to pick a partner, it's important to be on the same page with that mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, I think like a long time ago, we kind of came up to the realization that you're going to do what you want to do and I'm going to do what I want to do. And instead of like trying to you force me to do whatever you want to do and me forcing you to do whatever I want to do, which I literally remember, I or I say this to you all the time, I'm like, well, you're going to do what you want to do. So let's just figure this out yeah. instead of like me trying to like, you know, control what you're doing so everything is like perfect on my side it's like well let's compromise it you're gonna want to do this i'm gonna want to do that so let's go and that's and exactly plan. how all of our arguments go that's exactly it's <laughs> not at all. screaming or shouting there's never ever crying or yelling no one's ever punched a wall before but it's just oh well you're gonna do what you're gonna do yeah. so let's figure it out and we eventually get there six or seven days later yes but okay. I guess, yeah, I guess the bottom line of all of this is we're very authentic with each other and we're honest with what we want. Yeah, and, and I think... And we're also honest with with love, sometimes with some tough love with each other. And when it comes to picking a partner, uh, you have to consider those things because those are actually the real important things. Mm -hmm. You know, people, you're attracted to each other. Guess what? You're going to get older. And what you're attracted to initially, it's it's going to be replaced by something else that, mm -hmm. that just connects you to a person. But you have to be able to find that stuff because that's how I think it endures. Okay, well, maybe this is recorded. Maybe it's not. I have no idea. I'm not going to hold it against Cammy. I know she's already sensitive about that. So I can't say any kind of like, I told you so. Why didn't you push the button? That can't be said. But we hope you enjoy this podcast and we will see you later. And we're going to sleep so good tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel it.